the Gilda's maximum lawyers community of legal entrepreneurs who are taking their businesses and lives to the next level. As a Guild member, you'll build relationships, be held accountable, and learn strategies specifically designed to get you unstuck and accelerate your plan for growth. Members are also granted exclusive access to masterminds hosted around the country. Our next event is coming up, and we're heading to Scottsdale, Arizona. There's something truly magical about the power of these in-person connections where real-time breakthroughs happen. Picture this. You're surrounded by like-minded law firm owners tackling your business and mindset challenges together. The energy is electric, the insights are transformative, and the results are game-changing. Investing in yourself is the best decision you'll ever make. The knowledge, strategies, and breakthroughs you'll gain are priceless assets that will supercharge your practice and propel you forward. Join the Guild and secure your ticket to Scottsdale at the best possible price by visiting maxlawevents.com. Run your law firm the right way. This is the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Welcome back to a special edition of Max Moyer Podcast. This is Tyson Mutrix. We're going to do a bonus pop-up podcast with Marisa Portuando. I probably butchered that again, Marisa. It's Marisa. Do you want to reintroduce yourself? I think when this thing hits, it's probably going to be next week and not this week. So you want to reintroduce yourself? Sure. Marisa Portuando, you, you were very close. You did not butcher it. I own Portuando Law Firm. I am a solo, and we focus on business law, and also property damage. All right. So you and I had an awesome discussion after the last podcast ended, and we talked about hiring. And so, I don't know, 10 minutes into it, I was thinking like, oh my gosh, we should be recording this. We were recording it, but it wasn't in the same format. So we were talking a little bit about the hiring in general and some of the things we've gone through, and maybe it'll help other people. So I don't know where you want to start, but I guess what are your difficulties that you have with hiring? Because I know I get a lot of difficulties. What, what are the difficulties you have? Well, I think the conversation started off with your tip, which was to include like a little test or uh, instructions in your job posting. And so that's how our whole conversation started because I had actually done it. So, you know, I posted on Indeed.com. I was actually impressed with how much, how many resources they have available for free. So if anyone wants to, you know, place a job ad out there, I was actually really, really impressed with what you could do. They even have like little mini proficiency tests and stuff that you can, you know, have the candidates take. So anyway, I followed a tip from a friend, put a couple specific things in the job posting, very simple things. And out of the 40 plus applications that I got in less than a week, only one person followed the instructions. And there were people who had, you know, 25 years of of legal assistance experience. I was really surprised. I could not believe how few people followed instructions. So, you know, John Fisher was telling me he had a very similar experience. I think he had like 80-something applicants or 60-something applicants, and he also had one. But, I mean, I've tried the whole put in, do something very specific before, and I feel like sometimes it, it does unfairly eliminate some qualified candidates. And I guess, and I'm, I don't know if I'm just looking at it wrong, but or just being overly optimistic about all these people that missed a very basic thing. Does that ever worry you at all? I actually went back to my friend and I said, you know, <laughs> I got some really good candidates here, at least on paper. And, you know, this one woman, she's got 25 years of experience. She sounds exactly like what I need. And she made a really good point. She said, well, what good is all her experience if she just doesn't follow instructions? And (laughs) 
I really couldn't argue with that point. So I, I think obviously it's a personal decision whether you want to give someone you know, another shot. But I put three things, actually, in the post, and, and not a single one of them was followed. So I feel like there was no cover letter. That was one of the instructions. To me, that shows you're probably applying to, you know, 200 jobs at a time. I mean, I'm exaggerating, but probably just click, 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 uploading their resume, you know, applying by just a click of a button. And it doesn't really mean that much to them. I know when I was in job hunting before I was a so, you know, I went out on my own. If I really cared about a job, of course I wrote a cover letter. If I was on the fence about whether I even wanted the job or not, maybe I'd just do a quick click. So I think it says a lot. I completely agree. Something that I've been doing is I've been putting the cover letter requirement down below. And I I think, and remind me if I'm wrong on this, I think Indeed can even have you check a box where it says require cover letter. I'll check that, but I'll also put down on the bottom of my post that you have to submit the cover letter. Do you do anything similar to that? I don't remember if Indeed had a place where you would require it. They certainly didn't require them to do it to submit their application because I got very few cover letters. And, you know, that was in my instruction. I'm sure I would have clicked the box if it was an option. But my instructions, in case you're curious, was, you know, send a cover letter, attach your your resume and your cover letter in PDF format, and write legal admin at the top of both documents. Those are pretty basic. So with that, the, the PDF thing was a tip that my buddy gave me. That that's what I gave the other day. And yeah. it was, he's like, he's talking about how shocking it is that people cannot figure out how to convert a document to a PDF document, and we have to do that on a regular basis. So I thought that was really interesting. But do you think it's that they don't know how, or do you think it's just that that they just didn't care enough to read the instructions carefully and and go through the you know thirty second exercise? I don't know. That That is a great question. I think it's a combination. I'm going to cop out. I'm going to say it's a combination of laziness for some candidates and the lack of know-how for other candidates. But exactly. probably for the most part, a lack of attention to detail and the lack of uh, just, just the laziness of them uh, is probably a big part of it. Okay, so I want to talk about the awesome Indeed functions. So I'll let you go first. You talk about what you like first. I'll tell you about, I'll talk about the things I like. Well, it's been a few weeks, and I'm trying to remember exactly, but I know they had, you know, maybe three different proficiency, you know, quizzes that the person could take. I don't really know what it's like on the applicant's side because I haven't ever done that on Indeed as an applicant, but you could pick from three different things. I believe one of them was like an attention to detail thing. Another one was maybe like basic grammar and maybe a typing test, I think, was another one. I'm, I'm not really sure. But I really, I was impressed. You know, if you want to put an ad out on Craigslist, you got to pay. And they had just, I thought it was a better way to do it. And it was free. So, I mean, no brainer as far as I was concerned. I, you can pay, I believe, to have your your job featured as, you know, up on the top of the search or something like that. But I was actually really, uh, really surprised by what they offered. Yeah, you can definitely promote it and you get more out of it. I've, I've done the paid one a couple times, I guess, but the, the free one seems fine to me. But so the one that I like, and if you're if you're looking to hire someone that's going to be on the phones quite a bit, there is one where they have to do a um, do it by phone. And I'm like you, I don't know what the exact questions are, but you can get an idea of what the questions are. I think one of them was like, you know, what interests you about this position? And then another one was like, you know, what is – what is a challenging thing about your current job or something like that? And you hear these people on the phone and it is, it is quite interesting to hear the people that clearly stalled out and they were not prepared and they did not read anything about the job post. Cause it, I mean, it is, it is kind of crazy because 
they're just kind of generalizing, you know, I, I really think your company is amazing online, blah, 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 blah. But, <laughs> but you hear the people are just terrible on the phone. I mean, it's, it it's really, I like my favorite one now is to do that one and not the, the one with the skills test, because on the skills test, all they do is they give you like that little diagram that shows you like where they are on this spectrum compared to other candidates. And right. which I, it, to me, it doesn't really tell me a whole lot. They show, okay, are they proficient? Are they below average, above average, that kind of thing? But the one where you really can see or hear, you know, what they're about is that audio one. So you should check that out. Yeah, I didn't even notice that uh, that option. That's and that's part of the free offering. It is completely free, which is shocking to me. That's wow, that's impressive. I I completely must have missed that. Yeah, you can tell a lot about someone, you know with a few questions and like you said whether they even paid attention to the job post or not it's almost like the generic cover letter you know dear sir or madam i'm interested in the opportunity at your organization you know i guess you get a point for for actually giving a cover letter but <laughs> so have you done like yeah. zip recruiter it sounds like you've done sounds like you've done craigslist i've, I've done craigslist and i thought it was garbage because you get so many terrible candidates but have you done craigslist and, and zip recruiter I have not actually. The friend that gave me the tip is the one who, who used Craigslist. That's how I knew what it cost. And then another attorney recently was on uh, the hunt for a legal assistant, and he's the one who told me, "Oh, you know, Indeed's got great resources. It's free." So I thought, "Okay, I'll try it out." I was shocked at how many people applied within just a few days. Some of them seemed, with the exception of not knowing how to follow directions, like really good quality applicants. I was I was really pleasantly surprised. Yeah, so ZipRecruiter, I tried that last week. I did like their free four-day trial, which you can't get a whole lot in four days, but it it was okay. I mean, the candidates were okay. I think it's probably a little bit better system. I mean, again, I only had it for four days, but it was a better setup, I guess, than uh, Indeed overall. But if you go past, I think, the fourth day, I think they charge you 250 bucks a month or something ridiculous compared to what you would spend on Indeed. It's kind of crazy. Wow. So I think Indeed for the money, for what you get is, is far easier. And then I've used Craigslist, Craigslist before. And Craigslist is um, kind of insane with the number of candidates you get. You get a lot of bad ones. Um, and you get the people just, they're basically just clicking buttons like what you're talking about. And you get you get inundated. We did that last year. We only had it on for a week, and we had to stop it because we'd gotten like 85 candidates, and they were just terrible candidates, and we didn't want any more. So I don't recommend Craigslist. So <laughs> you and I had a conversation earlier this week just in general about generational hiring. And I don't know. I'm of the opinion, and I think you are too, like the people that are our age are are better suited going forward over the next, uh, say, five to ten years with technology and with succeeding in the legal arena because of the skill sets we have. We've sort of gotten in this in-between zone where there was the paper at some point in our life and then there's the computers at another part of our life. You want to talk a little bit about your your viewpoint on that as well? Yeah, I completely agree with you. We're kind of um, riding the fence there where, I mean, when I started practicing, you had to print out copies of everything. You had to, you know, stamp the envelopes. You had to copy everyone by paper and by fax. So you could have a confirmation that they received it. I mean, it was insane. And, you know, we grew up with, with these skill sets that I completely took for granted. I thought they were just common sense that anyone had, you know, anyone with half a brain had these skills. And really, I, it, you know, became obvious to me when I started working with younger people that it's, it's not. It's not 
an innate skill. It's something that we learned when we were kids. We had to you know, call our friends and we had to speak to their parents. And, and that right there is, you know, you've got to learn phone etiquette and you've got to learn how to ask for people and you've got to learn how to leave a proper message. People, you know, who are just now coming into the workforce, they've never had to do that. They're in direct contact with their peers. They hardly speak on the phone to begin with. Everything is written by text. Everything is email, text, social media. It's just such a different world. And I, I really think they're crippled in a little bit in a way because offices don't operate like that, at least not law firms. And it shows, it shows when they have to make, you know, professional calls, it shows when they have to send a letter, just this lack of, of skills that we take for granted. They don't teach them anymore and they're not learning them in, in their day-to-day life anymore either. So I want to get your viewpoint on something. So, I mean, I, I think that most of what we do in life can be trained. I think most of, the, of what we do as lawyers can be trained but something you said really kind of worries me because you talked about just a second ago and then the other day how, you know, growing up, when we wanted to call someone, we had to pick up the phone, we had to speak to the parent, we had to, you know, be polite on the phone and know what we were saying and be prepared. And it was a different etiquette, which sort of worries me. So is there a way where we can train these up and coming kids to talk on the phone or is it is it something that's just ingrained in them that we're going to have to worry about? I mean, we learned how to do it, right? So I, I guess you can train someone to do almost anything if they're if they're relatively intelligent and, and, and they're willing to learn. But yeah, I mean, it's I don't think it's going to be an easy thing. And, you know, back kind of bringing it full circle with the hiring, I know a lot of attorneys now are doing what's called like a working interview. They'll narrow down their field of candidates and they'll invite, you know, one, two, three of them to come in on, on one day and work for a few hours. They'll actually pay them for their time. And they'll have them do tasks while they're there. And they'll tell their friends, hey, call on the phone and pretend you're a client. You know, call on the phone, pretend you're a potential client. And they just kind of watch these people and, and see how they handle things. And um, they're like, you'd be amazed at what you can learn about someone in just a few hours. And you've not invested in actually hiring them at this point. That is incredible segue. And I, I'm sorry if I cut you off. But it was, no, no, I, go I, I, want, I want to hear about your hiring process because – and I've gone through multiple hiring processes before, but our coach recently had us put together a process that we use every time because it was something we were being, we were just inconsistent. So what is your hiring process? Like, what is the sequence that you put people through? Honestly, it's changed so much. The first person that worked for me was a friend of mine. The second person came recommended by someone who I really respected. And I kind of said, hey, you know, I know you have a job, but is there anyone out there like you? <laughs> And now I'm actually working with someone who came through a company. So there's so many ways to, I hate this expression, but the skin a cat. It's nice when you're a solo and you don't have a ton of time to dedicate to the hiring process to work with a company that's already done it for you. You know, they, you know, this person's trained, you know, that they've been screened, you know, they have a certain level of just quality work. And so for me, that's where I'm at right now. I'm happy with my assistant so far. She's great. But I would really recommend anyone, you know, do the test thing when you put out that job opportunity. On Craigslist, I was going to make the point and I forgot, you can actually really narrow people down, which is what my friend did. She said, put XYZ in the subject line. And she said, I didn't even open the emails if they didn't have the proper subject line. So that really saved time because you were talking about, you know, getting inundated. So I would certainly eliminate, you know, a ton of people that way. But if you don't answer, if you don't follow directions, I'm not even going to consider you as a candidate. And then if I had to do it all over again and not go through a company, I would 
definitely do the working interview. I think that's just such a great idea. It never even occurred to me. Because once you hire someone, you're kind of invested. You're not going to send them home that same day. At least most people wouldn't. So I think that's the way to go. I completely agree with you. And I did the subject line, burn the boats, a while ago. And it was amazing how many people, the percentage of the people actually got that right. It was very simple. And we, I plastered it all over the job ad, you know, put in your subject line, burn the boats. And I'd say probably 35% of the people got it right. I'm just making up that number. It was, it was a small number, percentage, whatever it was. I'm not really sure what the percentage was, but it was crazy. And this was for an associate attorney. So this was for an attorney. This wasn't for wow. a paralegal, it wasn't for a legal assistant, for an attorney. And they all got it wrong. It's just, it's kind of crazy. And what kind of sucks for us is that we are, the job market is really bad for employers right now. It is great for employees. Because you've got, you kind of got you, you, whatever you want, you can have at this point if you've qualified. But if you're an employer looking for a qualified candidate, you almost have to steal them away from someone. And so it's, it is kind of tough. But I want to tell you about my, my process and see what you think. So I spent a lot of time on this to, just to kind of get it right. And I think I did. So what we do is whenever they apply, whether it doesn't matter where they apply through, so through a website or through Indeed or ZipRecruiter, whatever it is, they get an email. Part of that email, we make them fill out a, if we send it to them in PDF, it's actually automated through Infusionsoft, where they get a PDF of the job application and they have to submit the job application at least one day before their interview, if they're selected for an interview. We also have them do a personality test, which is something that I've added to it, which I think it's going to make more of a difference than I thought it would initially. But I think that that is a big part, a big component that most people are they overlook because they're not willing to do that little bit extra work to figure out who's a good fit, who's not. So we, we've had them do that. So that's before the the first interview. Once we've selected them for an interview, we send them another PDF, and that's a PDF of them to fill out these pre-interview questions, and they're more big picture stuff. And we also have them rate like their energy level, and we have like this rate this ranking system of things that they where they put themselves on the scale. They have to submit that before their first interview. And then I've got a set number of 20 questions. And I, I mean, I have it down where you have to, have to request the exact same questions. You cover the exact same topics when it comes to explaining the role. And then you open the floor for them to actually ask questions. So I've got that each time. And then on the second interview, second interview is more informal, where I actually have them, they'll go to a coffee shop and we'll meet. I want to see how they interact with other people. And then on the third interview, is where we actually will have them do a stand-up presentation at a whiteboard. So they'll stand in front of our whiteboard, and they'll have to teach us something. And I tell them in the first interview, I said, if you're uncomfortable doing that, then, you know, this may not be a good fit for you. And so they'll have to actually teach us their, like, and I say it can be anything. It can be out of butter bread. I don't care what it is. You just have to teach us something. And I just want to see how how they react on their feet. And then we have got the fourth interview is if it's a close call, let's say we're down to two candidates, we choose that final candidate. What's your feedback on that process? I think that's awesome. And as you're going through your process, I'm realizing, yeah, I, I didn't even, I just glossed over the, the interview, <laughs> the phone interview and all that other stuff that you would do before you had the working interview. I don't know why I just skipped over that. I think that's great. I love the, the automation side of it. You know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of that. So I think that's awesome. I love that you've made it, like you said, you were kind of all over the place, and now it's the same thing over and over again. That's always uh, the right way to go, I guess, if you're trying to be efficient. And the coffee shop, I would have never thought of that. That's that's great. I mean, 
at the end of the day, we're in a people business. And if the person you're hiring is going to be dealing with, with people, I mean, unless they're going to be locked in a, in the closet doing legal research the entire time, they're going to be in, in contact with your, your clients and your potential clients and all that. That's, that's huge. I've never even heard of that for any field. So I, I love that. I left one thing out and it's during the whiteboard presentation. It's they, and I got this from Jim Hart. So Jim Hart has been going through the Atticus program and they have a skills assessment that they have to do. And there's actually three skills assessment tests. One is a filing one where you have to put things in a certain order. Another is a attention to detail one where there's a variety of questions about attention to detail. Each are one sheet each. And then there's a third one that's grammar and spelling. I forgot about that part. That's the same day as the whiteboard test, which is quite revealing. It will eliminate 90% of your candidates. It's all basic stuff. It's nothing complicated. But it gets rid of the people that don't know how to use the different variations of there and to and things like that. Well, I guess that's kind of the same working interview concept, right? They're coming into your office and doing that? Yeah. So what they'll do is they sit down. They've got 30 minutes to complete it. They complete it. And we won't give them their instant results, but then they'll, then they'll go into the whiteboard test, do that, and then we'll grade them. And I had a candidate last week actually only get three wrong, which was the best of anyone. It was kind of incredible because, I mean, people get half of them wrong easily. And they're basic stuff. I mean, I can send it to you. It's, it's the craziest thing. But yeah. I kind of want to take down. the test now and see how I score. <laughs> okay. It's funny. I had one, I found one test that I had gotten from the internet and I would say most attorneys would fail it, easily fail it. And it's like, okay, this is too complicated. And then I found the one through Atticus, um, which I'll, I'll, I can put in the show notes. Atticus makes it for free online. So I'll just give the link to that. It's, it's pretty cool. I mean, I think, I think you'd like it. It's pretty neat. I'll have to check that out. So I have to ask, why do you do that test so late in the interview process? Good question. Well, I think here's why. I think, I think it's more important that they're a good person and a good fit before I rule them out. Because, I mean, here's the honest to truth. If I found a candidate that was amazing but was terrible at grammar and spelling, like I would, I would hire someone or send them to some class to help make that better. So I think it's more important to hire for the right person than it is to to rule them out so early is my thinking on that. And maybe that's flawed. Tell me if that's flawed. I don't think there's a right or a wrong answer. I think it really just depends on what matters more to you. I also think it depends on what they're applying for, right? So, I mean, if this person's going to, for oh, me for at sure. least, my legal assistant, like, I mean, some of the best attorneys I know are terrible spellers and, and, and don't have the best grammar. I actually had a co-counsel. And she would always tell me, I need you to read my motion over because you just write better than I do. And she was not a great writer. She really wasn't as far as grammar and all that. But she just had this brain for litigation. She was an amazing litigator. Still is. I'm not sure what I'm speaking about her in the past tense. So I really think it depends on what you're hiring for. For me, if you're going to be my assistant, you better know proper grammar. You need to know how to spell. You need to have attention to detail. So as far as an assistant hiring, I would probably do that really early on in the process before I've spent time going to a coffee shop with you and, you know, spending time that I could be making money elsewhere. But if you're going to, if you're an attorney, you know, an associate or a law clerk or something like that, then I'd probably agree with you where, you know, the personality and being a good fit is is more important and more of a gut thing. You know, you're making me think about this. So, I mean, maybe I do need to move it up a little bit and listen, is this a perfect system? No. So I'd be happy to move it up and test it out and see which is better. So I think that's a good point though. So tell people how people can get in touch with you if they want to reach out to you. Well, they can go to the website. It's 
www.p, like Paul, L like Larry, F like Frank, Miami.com. That PLF stands for Portuando Law Firm, which is the name of the firm, obviously. The phone number is 786-440-8615. And probably the easiest way to get in touch with us is to go on that website. We have a contact page. They can fill out a form and they'll get a call back real quick and everything will get the ball rolling. We're also on Facebook. We're all over social media. So at Portuando Law is our handle pretty much across all the social media outlets. All right, that's awesome. Marisa, thank you so much for coming on. I appreciate it. Of course. Thanks for having me. Thanks for listening to the Maximum Lawyer Podcast. Podcast. To stay in contact with your host and to access more content, content. go to MaximumLawyer.com. Have a great week and catch you next time.